Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 8. Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 8. We're going to read through 15. This is what the Bible says. Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some from what is called the Freedmen's Synagogue, composed of both Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and some from Cilicia and Asia, came forward and disputed with Stephen. But they were unable to stand up against his wisdom wisdom, and the spirit by whom he was speaking. Then they persuaded some men to say, We heard him speaking blasphemous words against Moses and God. They stirred up the people and elders and the scribes, so they came, dragged him off, and took him to the Sanhedrin. They also presented false witness who sa- witnesses who said, This man does not stop speaking blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we heard him say that, that Jesus, this Nazarene, will destroy this place and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. And all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at him and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. What we have in these verses is yet another outbreak of persecution against the church. And and what I want to talk about tonight for just a few moments is what real persecution looks like. Next week... Okay, next week we're going to look at more of who Stephen was, and we're going to look at some of these accusations that the Sanhedrin and the Freedmen's Synagogue brought against uh, Stephen, and we're going to literally see Stephen um, do like a, a hardcore scriptural smackdown on these guys. Okay? It's going to be really interesting to, to look at that. So if you want to read ahead, go ahead, because... Because it's just amazing what the Holy Spirit empowers His people to do in the face of persecution. But let's look at this. Uh, Just a few things about what real persecution looks like from, from these verses. One, persecution always comes as a reaction to righteousness. See, that helps us to go ahead and discern what persecution is and what persecution isn't. Okay? What a trial sent by God is and what a trial sent by our own bad mistakes is. Persecution always comes as a result of you living out your life righteously. Depending on the righteousness of Christ, persecution comes as a reaction to righteousness. Acts 6, 5 and 8 both refer to Stephen as being a man full of power, faith, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? So we know that he was a righteous guy. He stood boldly, full of the Holy Spirit, full of faith, full of grace, full of power. John 3, 19-20 gives us uh, the account of Jesus teaching that those who live by the truth are ones who are hated by those um, who do not live by the truth. Essentially, Jesus is saying, you know, when you live in the truth, you live as light, and the darkness hates the light because the light sheds light It uh, exposes the darkness, and and the darkness doesn't like it, so the darkness is going to revolt against that. And then you've heard me say this over and over again. 2 Timothy 3.12 warns us plainly that anyone who pursues a godly life in this world will suffer, will be persecuted. And then Matthew 10.16-25 gives us the assurance that, that the more we become like our Master, the more we will be treated like our Master was treated. And so, what you've got to understand is that not all 
bad experiences, not all stress, not all conflict and drama that is brought in from outsiders into your life, that's not all persecution. Persecution has the prerequisite of you being righteous. Of you standing in the righteousness of Christ and living out your life boldly for Christ. And so you can look back at the, the trials or the advers- adversity or the, the troubles that you're facing or you have faced in the past and ask yourself, is it a result of me acting foolishly, selfishly? Ignorantly? Did I bring this conflict upon myself? Was it about something I did or was it about something Jesus was doing in me? Was it about my opinion? Was it about me being right? What, what, what was it? Or was it that you were simply following the commands of Christ, following Him faithfully, and then you're naturally going to experience persecution from that? So the first thing, really quick, is I want you to know that persecution is the world's way of affirming our righteousness in in Christ. See, these truths are not communicated to us to seek out persecution. Okay, Jesus saying, you're not going to be any better than me with this world. You act like me, the world's going to treat you like they treated me. That doesn't mean that we should go out and try and seek out difficulties and seek out persecution because what the Bible is teaching us is that if we are obeying Christ, then then these verses that I'm talking about should prepare us to take joy in the fact that we're being persecuted because it only comes to us when we're properly living the Christian life. So persecution is an affirmation of whether or not we are, in fact, following Christ the way that we should. I read a Facebook quote yesterday that said, If we get to heaven and our first words are about how thankful we got how thankful we are that we got there unharmed, we should expect Jesus' response to be how unlike me. Let me say I messed that up. Let me say that again. If when we get to heaven and, and when we get there and we're talking about how we're so thankful that we got there unscathed, unharmed we should expect Jesus to look at us and say, how unlike me. Because He said He suffered in this world and that we will suffer for His name. That if, that if we live a godly life in this world, people will come against us, Satan will come against us, and we will not get to heaven unharmed. Our egos, our pride, our, our, our feelings, even maybe our bodies, will be damaged. But see, we can take joy in knowing that all of the things that we lose, all the things that we give up, everything that following Christ costs us in the few short years. I mean, 80, 90 years is nothing in comparison to eternity. Nothing. So we we take joy and we press on into that persecution, through that persecution, gladly and joyfully knowing that everything that we've had to, to, to sacrifice for Christ really ends up being no sacrifice at all because the reward is so much, so much greater than what we've given up in this world. Number two, persecution does not have to make sense. Persecution does not have to make sense. Next week, you're going to see Stephen's response to these guys. Basically, they're, they're accusing him of distorting the law, of blaspheming, basically talking bad about Moses, 
saying that Jesus was going to destroy you know, the holy temple of God. They even had to bring people in and they, they stirred people up and they asked people to lie. And so what you need to see is that you cannot expect truth to be used against truth. There is only one truth and all truth is God's truth. You understand? And so if you're living in the truth, if you're carrying out your life in righteousness and in the truth, the only opposition that can come at you is a lie. This shouldn't surprise us. As, as we should expect persecution to result from our living righteously, we should also expect persecution to involve a lie. They lied about Jesus. They put words in His mouth and distorted many of His claims. They accused Him of doing things and saying things He never did. And now we see some of the same kind of people lying about Stephen. And you're going to see that. They essentially said the guy is... Dis- and, and just wait till you read... Go ahead and read it tonight. How he so eloquently basically gives the Jewish history to them accurately. Like, as if he was there. He knew it so well. And so he knew the truth. And they knew he knew the truth. So the only way they could get him to shut up, the only way they could get him to, 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 to look like a villain to the people was to lie about him. And you can expect similar treatment. You can expect for your words to be taken out of context and your life to be distorted to look worse than it is. Because see, whenever you're living in righteousness, people will have to make stuff up. They'll have to try and trip you up. There was a, there's a story about Billy Graham. Billy Graham um, has been very vigilant his entire ministry about who he's been with, where he's been, and, and who he's seen hanging around. Um, you know, make sure that he's not put in any... And this is particularly uh, the case with women. He's been very vigilant about who he's seen, what women he's seen with. And there's a story of how he was getting onto an elevator, okay? Early in his ministry, he was getting onto an elevator, and, um, and, and, and as, as the door is closing, a woman runs in, okay? She's wearing a coat. A woman runs in, and he's supposed to be going up, and there's supposed to be all these people, all these reporters, all these, these things, you know, all these cameras, everything. And this woman completely just takes the coat off, and she's in the, Billy Graham is in the, the elevator, getting ready to, to walk out of an elevator to all this media with a naked woman in the elevator with him. Okay? And so he's freaking out. And so, so it just so happens that the elevator ends up stopping one, short, one floor shy of where he was supposed to get off, and he's able to leave. But see, that's the kind of thing that the more righteously you live, the more extreme Satan will get about trying to, to, to discredit you. Now that doesn't mean that every preacher that we find in the news who was found with a naked woman who wasn't his wife was set up. Sadly, that's just, you know, those things happen. And that kind of goes back to what I was talking about. It's not every bad situation you find yourself in is a result of persecution. It may just be your own bad, bad choices. And then third, persecution is always about Jesus. Always, always, always about Jesus. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says this, For we heard Him say that, that Jesus, 
This Nazarene will destroy this place and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. And as you look back at the several other places in the first few chapters of Acts, where we see the Sanhedrin's uh, persecution of the apostles, it always goes back to this. Stop teaching the name of Jesus. Stop healing in the name of Jesus. Stop preaching the resurrection of Jesus. See, persecution is always, always about Jesus. If you can't tie your struggle, your problem, your, your difficulty back to Jesus, then it's not persecution. If the people are not upset at you because of, a, of, of something that you're doing for Christ, then it's not persecution. And so tonight I told you I was going to be very brief because I have something else that we want to do. We're going to play a song here in just a minute. And I just want to encourage you um, to examine yourself. Okay, We've talked a lot throughout the first few chapters of Acts about boldness, about persecution, about the evidence of, of, of a life of, of devotion to Christ. We've talked about unity within the church. We've talked about a lot of things. And I just want to give you an opportunity as we kind of get back into the regular swing of things here on Wednesday nights to have a moment of prayer. I want to make myself available to you. If you have something that you want to have me pray for you about, um, I'll be here standing here for the next few minutes. And you can just come and you can, you know, we'll very quietly. I'm not going to like, you know, shout out your issue in my prayer or anything like that. But I just want to make myself available. I want you to know that, that this is the time for you to, to draw close to God. And so we're going to play a song. And, and this will be the time for you to, to just deal with God.